about a year ago, and I was at my in-law's house out in Churchill. And we were just hanging out in their living room, and we were talking and engaging with one another. And uh, all of a sudden, there was a rumble. It sounded like a, a large truck was coming down the road, which isn't uncommon. They live out on a potato farm, and so a lot of trucks go down the road. But it was a weird time. It was at night, and I thought, boy, that's a loud truck coming their way. It sounds like a semi or, or something else. And it got louder and louder and louder until the house began to actually shake, okay? And it was an earthquake, And I didn't know how I would react in an earthquake until that very moment, okay? So you might think, good dad, grab the kids. Nope, didn't do that. Uh, Good husband, grab the wife. Nope, didn't do that. Every man for himself. That's what happened, okay? Just gonna be honest with you. I'm just getting that off my chest this morning, okay? Right? The earth was unstable and I ran for the nearest doorway and hid underneath it and just said, Jesus, please save me, okay? Like, Not any help to anyone at all because the earth was moving. Things were literally unstable. First definition for unstable is this. Prone to change. Prone to change. I want you to think back on 2020. Has it been prone to change at all? Definition number two, it says this, prone to sudden mood changes, unstable, prone to sudden mood changes. Uh, Think about 2020, okay? Was it prone to any of those things in your life? Today, we start a new series called Unstable. See, I heard a pastor uh, talking early in this pandemic, in this season, where he said, uh, we can't offer certainty. And in an uncertain time, the best thing that we can offer for people is clarity. I thought that was just so insightful, but I also thought we could take that a little bit further because I think we're in an unstable time, not just an uncertain time, but an unstable time. And it's a little bit of a play on words, but honestly, I think if we get rid of the un- and we head to the stable, we will find a firm foundation. So that's what I want to do as we engage with the Christmas series in our unstable time. This morning, we will be in Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 25. You can follow along with me on the screen or in your Bible. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, biblically, okay? I'm not gonna explain that. All right, children in the room. She was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. 
The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Joseph woke up. He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary as, home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until, he, until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Here's what I want to ask you this morning. I want to ask you a loaded question. And the question is this, what is unstable in your life right now? What is unstable in your life right now? Let me, let me try to share with you some of the stories I've heard, some of the things that we are experiencing in this room and online. So some of you in this past year have lost jobs. And some of you have been able to find new ones very, very quickly, and some of you haven't. It's been kind of a struggle for you. Some of you in this past year have learned how to homeschool, and that was not by your choice or design, okay? And you are still trying to figure this out, and so are your kids, and you're stressed out, and so are your kids. Some of you have been isolated to the point where you're not even sure if you want to see people anymore, right? I've heard this conversation. They say, I actually kind of like this and I don't know if I actually really like people anymore, right? And some of you are dying inside just for more human touch, just for more human interaction. Some of you have health situations that are unstable. And this pandemic has made those even worse and it has scared you. Some of you have lost loved ones in this season. Some of you right now, I'm looking at, you're quarantined. That's why you're not here right now. You're quarantined. And some of you should be quarantined, but you're here, okay? <laughs> some of you are raging still about the election. Some of you can't stand your spouse. And some of your spouses know that and some of them don't. Some of you got to see loved ones on Thanksgiving. Some of you didn't. Some of you are confident that 2021 is gonna be way better. And some of you think it's gonna be a whole lot worse. What is unstable in your life right now? See how that's a loaded question for us this morning? I think there are so many aspects of our life that are unstable. And I think sometimes that what we just do is that we heap shame on ourselves in a moment like this because we think, well, if I'm unstable, then God must just not want to be around me. Because what I know about God, what I've read about God, what I've heard about God is that he is stable. He is firm. He, he is not changing. He is not shifting. And if I'm unstable, I, I must not be someone that God wants to be around. But I want you to pause on that for a moment. And I want you to begin to grasp and believe that God can turn your unstable into stable. That in the midst of whatever unstable thing is in your life, whatever unstable situation you are walking through right now, that God can be stable for 
you. And what I want you to ultimately see is Jesus. I want you to see an actual stable with an actual baby who was born in an actual manger. This tiny little baby that we assume was born into a perfect situation. But spoiler alert, he was not. He was born into just as unstable of a moment in history as we are in right now. So I want to take some time throughout this series and culminating on Christmas Eve to look at the unstable nature of Jesus' story and how that can inform our story and bring us to a stable life. So first today, I want to look at Jesus' unstable parental situation, okay? Because y'all think, oh, Joseph and Mary, and you've got the nativity set, and they're like meek and mild, and Mary's sitting right here, just proud, and Joseph's standing by her. There's a backstory, people, okay? We want to look at the backstory, because I think we just tidy up the manger, I think we tidy up the stable and it was not tidy. I think we think, oh, it was like Mary got her Instagram out and she was like, hashtag blessed, right? Hashtag best baby ever. It was not like that, right? Hashtag no filter. And you're like, you're using a filter, Mary. We know you are, okay? I want to take the filter away, all right? I want you to understand that that's not an accurate picture. Jesus' parents were unstable, They were just like you and I. And so I want to look at two aspects of their story revealed within this text that will help us. Here's the first piece of the situation that we need to understand. Um, They were in an unclean situation. So their situation was what they would have termed unclean. So it says this, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Okay, this is not how you would think the story of the savior of the world was gonna come to be, right? Dad was like, eh, I might divorce her, right? Okay? So, so here's actually what's going on in this passage. So Joseph is a faithful man. It says faithful to the law. The law for Joseph, a good uh, law-abiding Jewish man, was the first five books of the Bible, also known as the Torah, which means law, or Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. And because he was faithful to the law, he knew that this was a bad situation. When Mary shows up, has a conversation and says, hey, Joseph, uh, I got something to talk to you about. I'm pregnant, not yours, Right? He knows that there is some situations that he's got to deal with. There's some uncleanliness that he's got to deal with. There is a mess on his hands. If you look at those Old Testament laws, there was two ways that Joseph could have handled this. So Joseph could have sent her to the temple on suspicion of infidelity. Uh, You can go look in, I believe it's in Numbers. Uh, You can go check this out. It's a really interesting little um, moment in the law where uh, there's actually a test for a a wife who might be, uh, uh, um, who might not be, um, be practicing uh, fidelity and and may have cheated on her husband and may have conceived someone else's child. And and there's a test there. And so one of the things he could have done Uh, and this is kind of the suspicion theory, a lot of folks think that this is true, is that Joseph was suspicious of Mary, and rightfully so. 
So, so it went something like this. Joseph would be like, hey, Mary, I need you to go out of the temple because that whole baby thing, uh, I seen how you're looking at Fred, right? Fred's got those camels, right? Fred's got that place with the land and the palm trees and I see how you smile at Fred. So I want you to go down to the priest and talk to the priest. He's gonna put you through this test. It's kind of weird. He's gonna take the dust off the floor. He's gonna put in some water and make you drink it and then we're gonna see how things pan out and then I'll know, I'll know if you're faithful to me. Okay, Mary, right? So, so that's one of the tests that he could have done. He's a faithful man to the law. He knows he could have tested that. He could have said, is she faithful to me? I'll send her there for a test. The second thing he could have done is he could have just claimed, hey, um, she has been with someone other than me. She is pregnant before we consummated our marriage. And by law, she should be killed. Old Testament law says very simply that a woman caught in adultery should be killed. So these are the two things that Joseph has in mind. Both of them are not very pretty. And so Joseph is thinking, how can I handle this? How can I handle this? And because he is such an honorable man, because he's faithful to the law, but he's more than that, he's an honorable man, he decides, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not gonna uh, leave this up for public disgrace. I'm not gonna leave this up for public debate. What I'm just gonna do is I'm gonna quietly, I'm gonna quietly divorce Mary, this is a messy situation. This is more like a Netflix drama than the story of God coming to the earth, isn't it? But this is the story that Jesus comes into. It's an unclean situation. It's a messy situation. Second piece of this story is that it's unbelievable. Think about this. It is unbelievable. So Joseph gets a, a, a visit from an angel. Anybody, raise your hand, you got a visit from an angel this week. Anybody, nope, okay, nope. Uh, if somebody did, then you're gonna preach, okay? So that's how that's gonna work. Okay, okay, good, all right. So uh, angel shows up to Joseph and then says this, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Once again, this is one of those moments where don't you want to be there? Like you want to be there when Joseph's having this dream and, and the angel says, hey, so you know that baby thing, right? Well, it was actually God, right? And you're going you're gonna to name this baby Jesus because he's going to save all the people from your sins. Let's say your friend comes to you this week, okay? And your friend says, hey, man, I got a problem. And you're like, okay, what's up? And they say to you, hey, so um, my girlfriend, we're getting married soon, right? Fiance, um, she's pregnant. And you're like, okay, all right, okay. And, and, then, and then he says, uh, and it's, it's God's baby. I'm not the baby daddy, it's God's baby. And you're like, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm tracking anymore, my man, right? <laughs> And then and then he says, and by the way, I'm supposed to name him Jesus. And, and you're like, wait a minute, doesn't that mean uh, savior of the world? Like, so you're telling me that your, your wife, your wife-to-be is pregnant with the savior of the world and you don't, you don't know exactly how that all happened? Like, I don't know, I don't know, Joseph, right? This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. 
Like you're, if you're a skeptic in the room right now or you're a skeptic online right now and you're just checking us out and you're like, hey, this is the safest time for me ever to go to church and I can just log in. This is awesome, okay? Uh, here's what I wanna say to you. Why would the Bible keep these in? You know what I mean? Why would the Bible keep these kind of details in it? Right, if you were trying to write something that was going to, uh, it was gonna push people to believing, right? Why would you keep details like this in? They're unbelievable, right? I mean, I think this is a strong case for the skeptic out there who would say, I'm exploring this, I'm thinking about this. See, I don't think that the Bible was written just like, oh, we're gonna put this all together and we're gonna, we're gonna make it happen so we create this whole thing. No, 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 Like this is real stories out of real life and they're unclean and they're unbelievable. And it's just the start, Right? Jesus comes into the story in an unbelievable moment, but it gets better. I mean, if, if that's unbelievable, now think about this. He doesn't, just, he doesn't just get born in this unbelievable way with an angel uh, saying, hey, here is the savior of the world. He later walks on water. He calms the storm. He feeds 5,000 people. He heals piles of people and he ultimately dies and rises from the grave. I don't know about you, but when I, I hear this picture, this is just the, the, the movie thing that pops into my head, okay? I know you're not all with me, but this is okay. Like, uh, like you remember when Marty McFly, stay with me, Marty McFly hit 88 miles per hour, right? And what happened to his DeLorean and he went back to the future, like boom, that's mind blowing, right? Great Scott, okay? That's what happens in my head when I read passages like this, when I try to wrap my head around the story of Jesus. It's unbelievable. Not just Joseph says it's unbelievable. In fact, when the angel shows up in a different account to Mary, Mary says this, how can this be? Right? Because it's unbelievable. Here's what I want us to think about today. When unbelievable and unclean are conceived, faith can be born. Stay with me. When unbelievable and unclean are conceived, faith can be born. This situation was unclean. It was messy. It was not tidy. And it was unbelievable. Ultimately, it was an unstable moment for Joseph and Mary. What about you? What about your situation? Go back to that first question. What is unstable in your life right now? What's unclean? Every week we gather together as the church here in the room and, and in this season online and, and we gather as the church and we bring all of who we are to this place and to this gathering. And there's pain. There's hurt. There are sins that have been committed against you there have sins that you have committed against others, right? There is uncleanliness. There is a mess in the room. If you come in here and you think, I'm not a mess, we're probably not the church for you. Just fair warning, okay? Because this guy standing up here talking about Jesus, I got a mess in my life. Jesus is cleaning it up day by day by day, a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more, right? But God doesn't run away from my mess. 
God doesn't run away from my uncleanliness. He steps into it. He is Emmanuel with me and with you in the midst of your sin. Take a look at your life just for a moment and say, are there areas of my life that are unclean and untidy? Are there, mom- are there moments where my life is a mess and I need Jesus to step into the middle of that? What could he do? And then what else in your life is going on? What is unbelievable in your life? Some of you would say to me, you can't believe this past year. If somebody would have told us all, right, last year before 2020, that 2020 was gonna be 2020 is, we'd all been like, nah, that's unbelievable, right? Honestly, we're living through one of the greatest global pandemic crises of all time, okay? Like, like, this is a lot, people, okay? If you're feeling like, I'm a little tired, yeah, you probably are, okay? It's a lot. It's unbelievable. And some of you have stories, you say, my story is unbelievable. I don't think, I don't believe that God can change it. There are things in my life that cannot change. There are things in my life that are hurting me and hurting others. They're unbelievable, and I don't know where to turn. I would say, turn to the stable. Here's what I want to do. I want to encourage us and challenge us in this moment. In the midst of unclean and unbelievable and unstable. Uh, In the next couple weeks, we want to give you some principles to stand firm on. And and sort of a, um, a guiding principle for this. In 1939, it was right on the cusp of World War II. And in uh, Britain, there were these posters that were being produced. You may have seen these, producers, or these posters. They say, uh, keep calm and carry on. They were meant to encourage. They were meant to uh, instill faith, help people in an unbelievable situation. Britain was worried that it was going to be attacked as it was. Um, and so essentially they were telling each other in this poster, in this propaganda, don't give up. Don't give up, which I think is still a message we need today. But I think it needs a little twist for this series. So here's the twist on it. It's the unstable principle for today. It is this, keep calm and simply obey. Okay, keep calm and simply obey. My kids are in a uh, small Christian school here in town. And their motto is uh, uh, obey. This is the school motto. Obey right away, all the way. It's worth everything we pay right there. (laughs) Okay, I'm just telling you, right? That's their motto. Obey all the way, right away. And I don't think that that's actually that popular these days. Can I just say that? I want to step on some toes here. That's okay. Um, I think we push back even against this word obedience. Say, really, you're going you're gonna to indoctrinate your kids like that? Yes. Yes, I am. Because godly obedience is the way to life. We say that again. Godly obedience is the way to life. 
I know if my kids don't learn obedience at a young age, their life will actually turn into a mess. And if I'm really honest, I think part of the messes that we're dealing with in our culture and around us stem from the idea that some of us don't believe in obedience anymore. And and I, I would challenge you parents, like you have these little disciples living in your home and you are their primary shepherd. Bob and I are not their primary shepherd. You and Jesus, that's the primary shepherd of their hearts and of their lives. And one of the best things you can absolutely do to them is teach them obedience. A parent who says yes all the time is a bad parent, right? It's a bad parent because the world doesn't always say yes to you. We need parameters in life. We need godly obedience because it leads to life. And, and, And here's why I can say, keep calm and simply obey. It's because that's what Joseph did. So here's what it says. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. When Joseph woke up, he, what did he do? He simply did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. I've got a really good friend in Big Sky. And um, about six years ago, he was working an incredibly lucrative career, six, high six-figure career, a very uh, public entertainment sphere. Um, and he was doing very, very well. And uh, he was trying to discern what God's voice was and, and he was nominally following after Jesus, but he decided, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really press into Jesus and I'm gonna listen for his voice and I'm gonna hear what he has to say to me. And ultimately what he heard from God was, I want you to quit your job and I want you to sell your house and I want you to have a little teeny home up in the mountains in Big Sky. And for those of you who are like, oh yeah, we know how those big sky houses are. No, 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 seriously, it's a little teeny house in the mountains. I'm serious. There are a few of those in the big sky, okay? So, and, and so he moved from a six-figure job, uh, just incredible financial stability. He, he moved um, from knowing what was ahead. He, he moved from uh, a job that challenged him, that he loved, that was, uh, it, it, just, it just brought him a lot of life into a season that um, when, he, when he got to Big Sky, I said, man, I think God's just got a Sabbath for you, which is a, a season of rest for you. And, and, and you would think, oh, that, that's good. That's good for a season. That's good for a season. It's been five years. Five years since he has had a job. And, and he's starting to sit around going like, Brian, I don't, know, I don't know how we're gonna make it. Like, I don't know where the finances are gonna come from. Um, God is providing a little here and there and, and, and we're able to make it here and there, but um, I am obeying God. And he has had people question him along the way, say to him, you're a bad husband, you're a bad dad, you led your, your family all away from what God had for you. And he's like, no, 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 I listened to the voice of God. I was obedient to the voice of God. And this is where he has put me. He has put me here listening for his voice each and every day. And I can tell you from spending time with this man, his obedience is unbelievable. You get around him and your faith just begins to grow. I sat with him and I I just heard from him and heard his faith in the midst of it. The faith that he didn't have when everything was comfortable. 
You understand that? Comfortability never created good Christians. You get that? Comfortability never created the kind of followers that Jesus entailed, the ones that he wanted to pick up their cross, deny themselves, and follow after me. We just came out of a series called Shepherd Montana. And this is why it's so important for you to hear the voice of God. Because we hear the voice of God, it's the only voice we need to hear. Obedience to God is the way to life. It should be our highest priority. I want you to just, listen, keep calm in this season. Keep calm. Settle down. Settle down and simply obey. What if, what if, what if tomorrow morning, no, 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 not not tomorrow morning. What if as you leave today, right? You just obey what God is telling you, right? And you're like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do that. Read your Bible. That's really important, okay? Pray. And then can I be honest with you? Jesus, Jesus usually isn't that complicated, okay? We like to make him complicated, right? We like to be like, well, Jesus, I'm thinking about doing this. And, and you, you know the whole time, you're like, nah, it's probably not what Jesus actually wants of me. He wants simple things in life. He wants you to follow after him. He wants to, you to uh, love those around you and shepherd them well. He wants you to be a great employee or boss. He wants you to be a great spouse and and lay your life down for your spouse. He wants you to be great community members, to add value to your community. He he wants you to be loving, to love and care for others, even if you disagree with them. I don't think the Jesus way is that complicated, but I don't think it's easy. Let's keep calm. Let's simply obey the one. Let's pray. Jesus, we just want to hear your voice. We just want to abide in you. Jesus, you reminded us that All we need is to be connected to you. That all we needed to do is seek first your kingdom and then everything else would be added to us. God, we need to admit uh, we're sinful and um, we don't always obey you. We, We admit, God, that we think a lot about what we want and a lot less about what you want. And we repent of that. We repent that we are often your rebellious little children. That we haven't learned the simple lessons to obey right away, all the way. So God, um, I pray that you would just give us the next thing we need. I pray that You'd make it so clear to us the way you're leading us, the way you're guiding us, the way you're shepherding us, that we would find stability in you. 
that we would find calm in you, that we would find peace in you. Jesus, we love you. It's your name we lift high. You're the one. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this time has allowed you to dig out more of who God has made you to be. If you made some kind of spiritual decision today and are interested in what's next, we'd love to connect with you. For more information or to get in touch, please visit journeyweb.net. If you're interested in supporting our ministry, you can give online at journeyweb.net slash give. Thanks.